the Sons and Daughters podcast. Discover and walk in the life that Jesus lives inside of you. Hosted by Andy and Tina Hayner, leaders of Full Speed Impact Ministry. Welcome to the Sons and Daughters podcast. We're excited to be here today. Yeah, my wife is a great happy smile to wake up to in the mornings for me. I don't know if you're just waking up when you see this or not, but uh, it's good for us to be back together. Uh, Tina actually had an interesting morning this morning. She was sharing with yeah. me some cool things that God had done. It'd be uh, neat if you shared that with other people. I'm sure, sure they'd be just, encouraged. Yeah, just a simple little thing. Um this morning, I ran to the grocery store for a few things and um, went through the checkout. And the lady that had bagged my groceries, she looked like she was going off to on her break. And she was kind of going out the same direction I was going out the door. And um, I saw her kind of grab her back and mm. not a happy look on her face. And, um, and so I kind of called out to her, excuse me, ma'am, um, is your back bothering you? And she's like, oh, yes kill me and um and i said can i pray for you and uh she immediately she's like yes <laughs> walked right on over and just stepped right up next to me and um i just instinctively went to reach out to touch her back and then i was like wait a minute are you okay with me touching you because mm-hmm. <laughs> this whole covid thing has kind of put a new wrinkle on yeah yeah just whatever and um so yeah i just laid my hands on her back and uh, commanded the pain to go and um, and life into her, her body and um, and just you know just reminded her here in the middle of her work day how much Jesus loves her um, mm-hmm. and uh, that he bore pain and stripes in his back so she didn't have to and um, asked her if she was feeling anything and she's like oh yeah uh, mm-hmm. she said the sensation she said it's like I just feel like it's like seeping out. Yeah. Pain seeping out. Praise God. So we just, just stood there in agreement for a minute and said, thank you to the Lord. And, um, yeah. So that was, it was good. It was fun. It was neat. Um, even in the, um, craziness of our right. world at this time of staying six feet apart. You know, I'm glad she wasn't afraid. I mean, I right. could have prayed for her from six feet apart. Right. Th- that doesn't stop God from doing what he's going to do. But, mm. um, but it's good to see that fear wasn't even a factor in Believers any of still it. lay hands on the sick and they still and recover. They st- yeah. He still does his thing. And, you know, she was able to get some relief and, you know, be reminded again. Yeah. Of how much of the Lord loves there. So yeah. yeah. Amen. Great start of the day. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, that's to me really encouraging that people are still out there that are willing to receive ministry. I know I've had I've seen a few things come across my Facebook that have been really almost um, you know challenging the from the fundamentalist side of view and things that, you know, where are all the healing evangelists now kind of thing, kind of mm. using the pandemic, pandemic as a uh, and joining as with a the mocking. accuser of mm-hmm. the brother and to kind of mock the fact that people, you know, wear all the faith healers and stuff like that. And, you know, I I really don't believe in that, you know, we're faith healers. I don't like that terminology. I just believe Jesus Jesus is a healer. (laughs) Jesus lives inside of us. And so as we grow in our faith, Jesus said in John chapter 14, verse 12, that the one who believes in me will do the works that I do also. And I remember there was a long period of my Christian life where I struggled with that. And 
And part of the reason I struggled is because I didn't see a lot of results mm-hmm. in my ministry. Um, but the problem was I wasn't believing in Jesus for that particular thing. I was <laughs> right. believing in Jesus for forgiveness. I was believing in Jesus for uh, personal transformation. Mm-hmm. But when it came to miracles, I was uh, running around with a lot of mockers who would rather mock the televangelists. And mm-hmm. and there's ample reason there's sometimes some, I right. think to, some... to be weary of, of some things there. Um, but... That doesn't change the fact. Does Jesus, Jesus know still, what he's talking about? Right. Is this a whosoever thing, or is right. this just for people that have a television show to use to, to raise money? Sure. That's not what this is about. No, it's not. Did he, you raise any money off, off this? Nope. No, yeah, didn't you even, didn't get never, an offering? Yeah, yeah no, see. it didn't come up. And it still worked? <laughs> it still worked. How about that? It still worked. And, you know, it's, so they're, they've been raising all these accusations about, well, why aren't you going around healing the COVID patients? Well, you know, the first thing they do is set all these regulations. You can't touch anybody. You can't get within six feet of anybody. Their family, a COVID patient, their family can't even their be there with them. Their family can't even walk through the hospital. Right. So, so it's a it's a stupid situation because I've actually been very, very frustrated mm-hmm. that there's all this need for, for ministry out there. Yet the opportunity to go and minister is very, very restrictive. Mm-hmm. So it was actually really encouraging. It was. It was particularly encouraging because I would say, I mean, over the years, there's probably, I don't know, there's been dozens of people that I've prayed for that I've seen God heal in a grocery store or mm-hmm. on the street or in a park, you know, it, it, backs and knees and headaches and all kinds of things. And I've seen God heal and it, it, it's always wonderful, you know, because he's showing who he is and his love. But for some reason for today, it was right. <laughs> particularly encouraging. Well, people asked me, you know, well, if, if you're all that, you know, cause I'm a little bit more public and every now and again, I'll, <laughs> have somebody who come up to me and challenge me well if god's still healing the way you say he does and using you why aren't you just going through the hospitals and laying hands on people well let me give you a little insight on that it's not because i don't have faith to do that god will do what he's doing for people in hospitals um, in the United States, at least, I have to be invited by the people that are there. Are you there. can't just wander through the hospital. And, and I don't wander even think, into people's rooms. Even hospital chaplains can't do mm-hmm. that. They have to be invited. Um, and they're, you know, those kind of right. things. If you just start wandering through hospitals and laying hands on people randomly, um, you're going to be escorted out. Unless you're in some sort of country hospital where people know you and it's kind of, you know, low key, mm-hmm. but you're probably in violation of some policies there. In Africa and Cambodia, different story. We've had opportunity to do that. The hospital, clear the, hospital floor. Exactly. Praise God. In uh, in Kenya, we had the opportunity. We sent teams out to go minister to people, and one of the teams went to the hospital. Um, they laid hands on everybody, and there were already people who were. Uh, in comas that were waking up for the first mm, time in mm-hmm. a, a few days, they went back the next day and no one was on that floor except for doctors and nurses uh, and uh, or actually some nurses, not doctors, and a couple of new people. Mm-hmm. And they asked about where were all the other patients because mm-hmm. they sat and had conversations with them, shared the gospel. Mm-hmm. And they said, no, they've all uh, been healed and gone home. Mm-hmm. Um, I had the same experience in Cambodia where they took me to uh, a ward of the hospital 
where it was all the terminally ill patients. Mm. And I had the opportunity uh, for those that I was able to minister to. Now, it was a Buddhist country. Sure. Um, and so some people just, you know, stay away. I don't want you to want any ministry. But for the most part, they don't care where the healing comes from. They just need help. <laughs> they just want help. And people who had not been able to move or even been conscious for two weeks are waking up and walking. I'm, I remember looking behind me um, and one of the people that they you know were like really trying to impress about how sick they were and how near death and how they haven't even opened their eyes in two mm-hmm. weeks and mm-hmm. that kind of thing. Uh, that I remember looking behind me uh, as I'm moving my way down the ward and they're out of their bed walking up and down with a big smile. And, you know, it was just neat to see, yes, God really does heal. um, And he, um, he works through his, his people. That's, and so that's going to continue to be something that we have to develop confidence in, uh, in the midst of these situations um, and so it's neat to see that people who, there are still people that are receptive. I like the way that Tina's, you know, offered, you know, is it okay with you if I put my hand on your back? Sure. It's you just know, a different Tina tone. wasn't putting her hand up on, by her face, face or anything like that. And it had the lady said, I'd really rather you not touch me. Listen, how, how would you have handled that? I would have said, that's okay. I I don't have to touch you physically. I'm mm-hmm. just going to. I'm just going to stand right here with you and 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 command this pain to go out and believe the Lord that He's gonna He's gonna touch you. Right, and He did. He He did whether I'm touching or not. See the touching through the laying on of hands is an act of faith on our part, but it's only one of the means Mm -hmm. by which we can act in faith. Uh, We can speak in faith. Right. Uh, there's a number of things. And so ultimately, it doesn't come down to our hands that touching we have them, to touch. Right. But the spirit of God touching. Right. Them. He's going to do it. Yeah. Having Christ in you can actually turn a shopping trip into, into a ministry an, trip, a ministry, an adventure and a pleasure. You know, absolutely. Yeah. Well, I know right now, as that's the time of recording this, a lot of people are still in lockdown with the COVID crisis and things like that. So there's a lot of people facing trials. And so it really is exciting to um, share this fellowship that we've had. Um, our guest for today is a um, traveling evangelist. He's bivocational, so he, he works and also is in ministry. He's somebody that I've known for about four years now, and we've had a number of opportunity to fellowship. We've met at various conferences. Uh, he's ministered alongside of me in some conferences mm-hmm. that I've done, and he's well-respected locally. He has been married for for uh, several years and has a couple of kids uh, and he's known uh, and has the fruits of Christ in his life. And so I'm really excited to um, share this fellowship with Daniel Fuster with you. Well, hey, Daniel, thank you so much for joining us uh, on the Sons and Daughters podcast. Um, We really enjoyed our fellowship. Um, We've I think we met probably about four years ago in North Dakota, I think. Yeah. Yeah. What was the name of that town? Uh, Bismarck. Yes. yes. Yeah. It was yeah. funny when we, we were going to the the DHT conference, the Curry Blake conference. Yep. And we were crossing the border and uh, the guy's like, where are you headed? And we're like, oh, Bismarck. He's like, why are you headed to the middle of nowhere? <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah. What are you doing in the middle of nowhere? Yeah. You're coming to the United States. Why would you go there? Yeah. Why are you going to Bismarck? There's yeah. nothing there. Were, were you? Yeah. You live in like what, like Niverville, Canada, yeah. which is like the edge of yeah. nowhere. Yeah. I think less people even know about Winnipeg than know about Bismarck. Yeah, mm. that is the middle of nowhere. NHL team, right? So yeah. it's uh, a <laughs> little more on the map, but no, the population. Yeah, it was funny, but yeah, that's where we met. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's really cool. I know a big part of your ministry and part of what um, drew you to come to those conferences, not just the Curry Blake one, but I think a year later I had a follow-up conference, the New Creation Activation Conference. Yeah. But I think, uh, and then you've had, you've uh, made connections so that we've been able to come up and minister at your church. And mm -hmm. um, you've had a ministry there locally and also traveling, yeah. Yeah. really doing a similar thing, equipping yes. people and who they are yeah. in Christ and mobilizing them to walk in the power of the gospel. Yeah. Um, but it wasn't always that way for you. Um, you yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so why don't you share a little bit of, about your story you and there? some of what helped uh, transition, change the, uh, turn the corner for you? Yeah, sure. Um, well, I, I grew up as a Christian. Uh, my parents were both saved, um, went to church, went to youth group, did all the right stuff, went to church often, uh, believed in God, and uh, went to Bible school twice. You know, right out of high school. And then again, a, a couple of years later, after I'd gotten married with my wife, we both did it. So that was really cool. And, you know, like looking back in hindsight, obviously, I, I can see things clear now. Um, but I was guilt ridden. I was full of shame. I didn't walk in any power. My, mm -hmm. my standing with God was always in question. I, I wasn't sure how he felt about me today. And I mean, that probably stemmed from other father issues I had. My, my dad left our family when I was nine. So okay. there's like, that probably plays into it. Um, my, my, cause you know, I don't, I wouldn't say that I grew up in a religious church. Sure. Um, necessarily. I'd say we were like, like our church is the crazy church in this town. Okay. <laughs> you know, we were the first ones to get a drum set in the eighties and electric cars. <laughs> so we're like trendsetters, right? People raising their hand, really going crazy yeah. over there, huh? Oh, it's funny. Maybe man. spin it's a so flag. Yeah, yeah. Flagging is like, where are, uh, this is demonic, you know? Yeah. <laughs> are they walking? I heard they're walking on the walls. They're levitating. Yeah. Seriously. Rumors like that. Oh, okay. Back in the day, not anymore. Everyone's right. Everyone's got guitars and stuff now, but when, when it first started happening, but yeah, grew up that way. And, um, but I just had this, I just, honestly, I wasn't a hundred percent sure if God was on my side. Mm -hmm. And when I was 25 years old, um, after having acquired all of this biblical knowledge, which I'm extremely grateful for and would never trade. Um, the only th the problem was at the time was that all this knowledge was working against me because I had all this understanding and all this knowledge. And I could quote, like, you name it, man. Like I could name the sons of Old Testament prophets and like just weird, like so much knowledge. And all it did was work against me because I would hold my life up to it, judge myself by my knowledge and come up short. Uh, and so the knowledge actually ended up creating more condemnation, guilt and shame. I got me really mad at God. And so uh, dipped into like depression and anxiety and um, despair, basically, right. to, to sum it up. And, you know, I, I, uh, I actually it was funny. I had a friend who, who, was, who was not really necessarily following Jesus, but he saw this preacher on TV and sent me a video. And basically it, it completely opened me up to 
what we all probably understand now is the the identity message. Yeah. And the, to sum up that, what that basically did for me is like it, it exposed that my goodness gracious, Jesus didn't come to give me a bunch of rules so I could try harder. Right. You know, right. he came to save me. Like I didn't need a hand up. I didn't need help. I needed to be saved. I needed redemption. I needed to be completely and utterly pulled out of the mire. There was not no amount of work I could do. There was no amount of trying. There was no amount of knowing that would save me. I needed to be resurrected from the dead. And what I started understanding is that my, my acceptance before God is not on a sliding scale. It's not good Mm -hmm. some days and bad other days, but because Basically, the identity message is that Jesus, it, and it's so simple, it's embarrassing on this side of it to say that I didn't get it, but it, it's, it, it sounds just like the, the simple gospel that you hear. Jesus gave everything he had to me and took all the weakness and shame and guilt that was mine and put it on a cross and killed it, mm-hmm. and he's never bringing that up again, and now when God looks at me, he identifies with me as his son as holy, as blameless, as above reproach. And these are all things that he accomplished on my behalf so that I'm, I'm completely out of the woods now. So, you know, some people, you know, if you now, if, if, if you in your 25 year old self were to come across this podcast uh, at that time, you would probably hear this and be like, I've heard all that. Yeah, it, it, and it would just like I still don't like get it. Yeah, and I think the the challenge that we have is that it feels like we're just saying the same things that we had heard before. Same yeah. Bible verses that wasn't making a difference. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it really is the Holy Spirit, Spirit causing making. the light bulbs mm-hmm. to come on. Yeah, in, in some substantial ways because before we would hear, you know, we can't save ourselves. We need Jesus to save us. But we would hear all that in terms of going to heaven, to heaven. when we die. Sure. Yes. And For not by grace, she, huge part of it. Right. And it For wasn't grace, just saved. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Not of yeah. works. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. You know, but, like it's it's so much more than a than a than a get out of jail free card, right? Free card. Mm-hmm. Like it, it's actually. And I mean, this is what I'm so much about. It's it's the kingdom of God. It's the message for here and today. Like. Salvation is today for today now in your life. And it's much more different than crossing your fingers, waiting for death to take you so you can get a chariot ride up to a golden streets. And, you know, not that that's not what's going to happen, but. So how, how does Jesus, it, for somebody who's frustrated, preach to 25 year old Daniel and take yourself by the shoulders and say, Daniel, you know, like, what is it? What is it that like serious dude, you, this is what you don't get and what you have desperately got to get your heart and mind wrapped mm-hmm. around. Yeah. Shake, shake yourself for a couple minutes. What, what is it that needs to sink in that you thought that you had, that you thought that you had, but you really didn't. Yeah, man. Be, that maybe that chokes me up just thinking about that, man. Uh, Yeah, if I could look at myself back then, you know, I would honestly just look at myself in the eyes and (laughs) I'd say, Daniel, you are loved no matter what you do. And then I'd start talking about something that might sound uh, counterintuitive, but I would on, you know, I think one of the, 
one of the misunderstandings I had at the time was that I thought I had a chance. <laughs> mm. And what I, what I mean by that is that I thought I could figure it out and do good enough eventually. Mm-hmm. I, I was, cause I was a pretty good Christian boy, man. Mm-hmm. I was pretty good. And I wasn't completely aware that I was utterly helpless. Mm-hmm. And I had to, it, it, I'd look at myself and I'd say, Daniel, there's not enough you can do to get yourself out of this situation. There's not enough you can, there's not enough you can understand. There's not enough um, work you can do to, to make yourself feel better. You literally have to give it all up and receive from God what he's been trying to give you all along. Mm. And I mean, in, in that place, it's like, like, you know, I just look back and I just see a boy who was striving so hard and wanted his dad's affirmation. Mm. <laughs> Not realizing that his dad was pleased with him no matter what. Already. Yeah. And that he'd been, he's been pleased with him from the beginning. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, and you, you hear all these, and you hear the sermons, and they're almost schizophrenic in appeal to that same part because, you know, this is the kind of life that God wants you to live. He wants you to yeah. have this kind of character. He has, wants you to have these kind of right. uh, motives. Um, and then you're like, okay, I want to try. And if you're still in that mindset of try, 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 and then you're like, but at the end, you can't save yourself. Uh, it's gotta be Jesus. And you, yeah. and if you think of salvation completely, <laughs> yeah. you know, the other in life. the sweet by and by, <laughs> right. it doesn't really show you how to live now yeah. and how to live in that grace now, but you almost have to get to the place to discover the now grace mm-hmm. that you, um, somehow realize that that grace that saves you out in the future in your mind right. is a is saving you from that striving that's going on now Um, as well as the temptations, because I think there's a a part of me that resisted hearing, you know, the message of the cross being God being done with me and his complete acceptance and grace through Christ. There was a part of me that still like, okay, so what are you saying? I don't have to be good. (laughs) <laughs> you know, I like, I don't I need to of, obey. You know, I can go ahead and just keep watching porn or, you know, smoking cigarettes <laughs> yeah. and, you know, yelling at my wife and not yeah. repenting. What do you, what are you saying? Yeah. And that's not what you're saying, is it? No. You know, it, it's, it's funny because the message of grace, I remember um, a general, one of my good friends from Bible school, actually, he took me on a walk one time and he told me, he's like, Daniel, we just gone through Galatians, like the grace book, right? Mm-hmm. He's like, Daniel, your, your acceptance before God is not in the sliding scale. You know, like what I said before. And I was like, I, I honestly, and I'm, you know, we're going through Bible school. I argued with him mm-hmm. vehemently. Mm-hmm. I said, what if I killed a bunch of, what if I just killed everyone at the school? What if I just did all this stuff? Right. What if I left my wife? What if I went crazy? Would, would God, I've got to be canceled out. And he's like, no, <laughs> because it's not based on what you do. And my heart was so hardened. And I was so used to understanding, like I was a works man, you know, mm-hmm. I wanted to do good enough. I wanted to have all the answers. Um, and, and it's funny, you know, when you ask that question, like, well, do you mean I can just go and sleep around and watch porn and steal? I would suggest that 
you haven't been awoken to the idea that God's given you a brand new heart with a brand new mind and you access it, you access that thing in Christ. Because, you know, I think Abraham Lincoln said, if you want to test the measure of a man, don't just give him like, we think, oh, if I had all the money in the world, right? If you want to test the measure of a man, remove all restraint, Mm -hmm. take all the rules away, take all the punishment away, because then you're going to see what's inside will actually come out. Mm. (laughs) That's true. That's true. You know, and so it's like, hey, man, basically what I started understanding was like, I have all these ideas about myself, about who I am, and they're predominantly based upon what I struggle with. And what I've found is to be temptations, what I've found to be, um, whatever, um, rocks in my life that I can't seem to move. And what this identity message basically did was, Hey, Daniel, listen, you're not your own. You've been bought with a price. Your sins are forgiven. Now you've got an opinion of yourself, but that opinion of yourself is based on your life and what you've done. You need to start living your life based on what Christ did and what he's done and start taking God's word and his opinion of you more seriously than anything you've done in the past or where you've come from. Right. Mm. And so I would basically, and this, I got into, I mean, I have lots of scripture, right. <laughs> and it actually started making sense. It was like, yeah. Oh my goodness. It is say, This is telling me who I am. Yeah. I am holy and blameless and above reproach. Like I'm made in his image. My heart was made to be just like Jesus. I, I don't want to be unfaithful. I don't want to take advantage of women. I don't want to lie. I don't want to cheat. I don't want to steal God. And I just start saying to God what he says about me back to him. Yeah. Sure. Instead of asking him to fix me, I'd, I'd start believing what he already did. The finished right. work, right? Yeah. right. Jesus, right. thank you so much that you have given me a new heart, Lord. I don't even feel that. I don't even like, I feel mean and nasty today, Jesus. But I'm laying that down, and God, I just thank you so much that you've given me patience, Father, that when I go to work today, God, that guy who's been making me so mad, I'm going to treat him with love because that's what you would do, and you live in me. Like, right? And right. Those, are the kind of, those are the kind of tapes I would start playing in my head. Right. And I started recognizing, man, like, okay, the kingdom of God is righteousness, it's peace, and it's joy mm. in the Holy Spirit. If I have stuff in my head or coming out of my mouth that isn't resulting in one of those three things— it ain't the kingdom of God. Right. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so seeing, seeing the darkness and the twisted um, language that I was using about others and myself revealed that I wasn't thinking kingdom. Right. Sure. So it was kind of, to me, the thing I, I think that's neat is that you recognize that somehow you had taken that tra- trauma of losing your father, that mm-hmm. he'd left your family at a formative age and that that had, that desire to ha- be close and affirmed and valuable right. to a, your heavenly father had yeah. translated into a lot of the subconscious motives of what was driving your Christianity. Totally. I got to be good yeah. enough. And, be yeah. Good enough. Yeah. and uh, it's funny when you realize you're not an abandoned child, <laughs> Yeah, man. That, that it really empowers you to live as a mature Treasures. man of God. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, the son of God. Yeah, oh, that still blows my mind, honestly. Like, mm-hmm. and I, like I said, hindsight's twenty twenty. You know it, and I mean, I know everybody doesn't have this story. This is my story, but mm-hmm. um, the I, I realize now, like my my dad left our family. He married a a woman who was um, quite controlling and manipulative, and me and my sisters basically had to be on our tippy toes if if we made her mad. 
it would like, we wouldn't see my dad for like months mm. <laughs> and my okay. dad would always side with her. And so it was very much based on like doing good enough to try and keep this relationship up. Mm -hmm. And right. so it, that's exactly what the gospel answered for my heart. That lie mm -hmm. right. that the father, uh, the, like in man, like it's not the son's job to pursue the father. <laughs> yeah. you know? right. The father right. pursues the son. Right. And that's what God showed me. Like he went way out of his way by sending Jesus Christ to die for me right. so that he could, he could remove the lies about what I believed about who he is and who I am so that yeah. he could restore that. And so, you know, it's neat because it doesn't just give you and the gospel gives you more than just forgiveness, but it has to come. Yeah. It has to come down at that deep level of realizing how desperately you need to be forgiven. You need, you need to, uh, you need to get out of your own way, basically, that there's yeah. nothing attractive about in your life in and of itself. Yeah. In fact, you needed to be um, brought to the cross mm -hmm. uh, so that God could be done with you. And since he's already done with you through the cross, now yeah. you can get on with what life is really about. It's not yeah. the end, uh, but it's the end of you so that you can discover life in Christ and Christ's yeah. life as your life, which is really cool. Right. Yeah, it's uh, it's funny because you you look up the word forgiveness in the in the in the Bible, and it it very much has to do not like it, not in just terms of the justice sense, but actually separating you from something, mm. removing something from you, removing sin from you, yeah. right? Remission, pulling off, taking away, and. Yeah. When, when I came to the, and I think that's one of the other things I struggled with was that like, oh, God hates me because I'm a sinner, mm, you know, sure. when actually what I discovered was God knows exactly who I am and who he created me to be. Because even thinking about, oh man, a guy had to come and die so that God could be okay with me. Mm. Like, oh, that sounds like, oh, okay, I guess. Like, am I that horrible? Right. Mm. <laughs> That he, someone had to die just for me and God to be okay. But I'm, I'm discovering more and more that at the cross, what God was doing was he was removing what truly wasn't us. Wasn't right. Right. When Adam and Eve sinned and ate the tree, something came upon them. They gained a mindset. They gained a, the carnality. They gained this perspective. They gained this nature that wasn't their intended God-given value. Right. But that they couldn't shed by themselves. Right. And so God comes along, whatever years later with Jesus, he takes on that nature. He takes on that sin. He takes on that death. He removes it from us and he puts it on a cross and he dies as it, as a man, and then resurrects to new life right. mm -hmm. to right. expose who we really are. Right. right. At the cross, he exposes the depths of our sin, but at the resurrection, he shows that's never that's what we were supposed to be right. in the first place. Exactly. He's <laughs> like, Jesus is plan A, right? Like he's the yeah. lamb slain before the foundation of the world. And it's, right. I mean, I remember too, I remember facing my depravity. Like, and this is, this is real good for little religious boys. You're not a good boy. <laughs> right. You know, like that's what I, I honestly needed to hear that. Right. Because I thought I was pretty good. I thought I could do it but I was doing it for me and not from my source, which is him. Yeah. And so what I started understanding was like, like I remember when um, I think it was ISIS back in the day started forming. They, I don't know if you guys remember, they took a bunch of Egyptian Christians, Coptic Christians mm -hmm. yes. uh, on a beach and they executed like yes. 11 or 13 yeah. or something like that. He headed a bunch of them, right? right. 
Yeah. And I remember, I remember looking at that and being really mad at God and being like, God, like, why didn't you cause a wave or, or stop that? Like strike those guys dead. They're those horrible beasts, those evil men. And I was so mad and I was mad at God too. And I remember very, um, gently and very, um, very fatherly of him. He, he said, Daniel, that those men are you without me. Mm-hmm. And it just, uh, you know, I, I, it just completely broke me. Yeah. And rather than feeling a sense of like, kill those guys, all I had was mercy for them. Sure. Cause I'm, I'm just as capable of, of being an ISIS fighter. I'm just as capable mm-hmm. of sure. executing people. Absolutely. For the grace of God. I yeah. mean, for the grace of God. How many times in out of a sense of self-righteousness have we given, have we chopped the head off of our wife or our kids or <laughs> people that are closest sure. to us? <laughs> it's yeah, terrible. Often. Yeah. 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 That's self-righteous. So honestly, I think it, it, it so comes down to like, like r- really grasping that <clears throat> you can't pull this off. You need to be completely renewed and then accept right. that as fact. That it had nothing to do with you. You know, I think the thing that really helped me, and you're alluding to it, uh, was not just that God gets done with us at the cross, but really identifying the fact that, you know, as far as God is concerned, he's given me Jesus as my relationship with him, that uh, that, yeah. you know, people used to say things like he looks at us through Jesus colored glasses and I never right. could quite get that for some reason, but yeah. like everybody knows how delighted the father is with Jesus. Sure. And yeah. to realize as far as God's concerned now, everything that Jesus is now really lives in us. He's right. given us the spirit of Jesus. Yeah. And since God is spirit, as far as he's concerned, he, he looks in our spirit to see who we are. So he looks at the new creation. It's like all of a sudden I had eyes to see what was there, what God had planted in me. And now, now the challenge was to learn how to live that out day by day. So I wonder, you know, you know, there's more to this uh, interview that we're going to be able to share. We're going to break this up into a couple of podcasts, but um, we just really wanted to take some time at this first point uh, of sharing this, just to focus in on what Daniel was saying about who we are in Christ and the importance of discovering that. And it can be so challenging because, you know, we, we know the verses. I, I, was mem- I had Galatians 2.20 memorized sure. for years, you yeah. know, that I've been crucified with Christ. It's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. The life I live, I live by faith in the Son of God. If you would have told me that that's the key to everything, I was like, I've got that memorized. Why am I still so frustrated? Sure. And the problem is you think you get it but you haven't gotten it yet. Mm -hmm. You haven't known it in the way that you ought to know. Um, And I think that's a pretty common experience. Yeah. Yeah. I can, I mean, he shared his personal testimony and you have yours and I have mine too. You know, the um, similar of, of knowing some of those very same Bible verses, but um, uh, you know, years later, the lights come on mm-hmm. and, and you really realize, Oh, and, uh, th- there's just another, um, level of, of revelation and, and, um, and it's interesting. And then as you begin to even live that out, sometimes there's even more. 
Right. You know, there's a, the, I know for me, I, I think, uh, identity got, uh, as a teenager, you know, I was ex- exposed mm-hmm. to some good teaching and, um, and got a, got a hold of that and that understanding of, um, it's not my righteousness. Jesus truly is my righteousness. But it was years and years later that, um, I began to understand its application in my personal walk with God, you know, versus trying to tick off all the things to do to try to Mm -hmm. please God or be disciplined in knowing him. And then years after that of understanding that how he lives in me and does his works through me, you know, and I, you know, and I'm at a stage in life that now I'm like, okay, yeah. And there's probably more. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So that's, that's the neat thing about walking with the Lord. I so identify with Daniel uh, in that. I remember saying with my mouth at when we had been missionaries in Turkey for mm-hmm. six months um, that at the six month point, so, you know, I have been a Christian. I had been uh, a team leader in our campus ministry, mm-hmm. met Tina. She fell in love with me. So I was at least <laughs> sanctified enough to, to attract a godly woman. It was either my, I don't know if it was my sanctification that attracted her or not. <laughs> I, I don't know. I had hair and I, I didn't have quite the big gut that I have now. So I was, I was a little bit better looking, but whatever we got together and you know, you're growing in your relationship with God. I w- went to seminary. I preached and people were blessed by my sermons and now I'm going off to the mission field. And in that experience, it was so frustrating. I remember just being frustrated for six months because, you know, after the first couple months of being there and things that were new are no longer new. And now you're Mm -hmm. trying to figure out how do I live and make an impact here in this country? And so much of what I thought was Christian character was actually cultural competence. Sure, It was self-reliance. And so put in a situation where everything's out of my control. Uh, I, I remember just like we had outlets that weren't working in right. our house. Mm-hmm. What, how do how you do how call do you, electrician? How, how do you get him here? What's the number? Right. And even if I could talk to him and say, how do I explain this? How, and then mm-hmm. when he starts talking back to me and asking me questions for troubleshooting, I'm not going to understand mm-hmm. what he says. Right. And how, how do I it, know I'm not being overcharged for things? Yeah. And how does it work in this country? You know, how do they do it? Just exactly. feeling so out of control. And mm-hmm. it's just constant every day. And mm-hmm. I remember having this feeling like I knew how to meet with God in my quiet times. But after I would say amen and walk out into my day, by lunchtime, I always was so frustrated. I felt like I needed to get saved again. <laughs> and by the time I got home, it was even worse, you know. Um and so, you know, I don't know, but I, I, I don't know this for sure, and I'm not going to preach it as a doctrine, but it's so common that people almost have to experience that they can't live the Christian life. That right. almost seems to be the starting point for really discovering that Jesus lives in mm-hmm. you. He's the only one that can live that it. can live it, and he really does live in you. And so you have to transfer your trust to the power of his spirit mm-hmm. actually working inside of you. I don't know any other way. Right? Yeah, to come to the end of yourself and right find that that he's there, and he never asked you and never expected you to try to 
uh, muck it out. <laughs> <laughs> because when you try to muck it out, that's it's, what comes out. It, it's a lot of muck, <laughs> muck. comes out. That's for yes. sure. And so if you are listening to this podcast and can identify with Daniel, uh, not only did Daniel have some good things to say to mm-hmm. uh, Daniel at 25. At 25, yeah, going um, back. <laughs> what would you say, Tina, to somebody who may be finding themselves like, I'm trying so hard to be a good Christian wife, a good Christian mm-hmm. mom. Uh, mm-hmm. I've, I've learned, you know, I've heard all the verses but I'm not sure that I'm not where Daniel is. You know, what would you say to somebody like that to try to help them? Here's what is important for you to start to get and to really let this take hold in you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it it goes back to um, that your relationship with God mm. and his relationship with you and um, that uh, not... Um, like Daniel kind of shared about, not on a sliding scale. It's not mm. based on how well you do, um, if you excel or if you really blow it, mm. um, that uh, that it has so much more to do with just that bedrock of that union with Christ, mm-hmm. you know, um, him, him and me and me and him. And, uh, and so to step, to step back and, and to look at that and to be willing to, um, cause sometimes there's a little bit of pride there too. Of, it's kind of subtle, isn't it? Yeah, it is. You don't uh, think of it as pride because you no, think of it as, I'm just trying I'm really just hard trying, to right, live the way I want God that, wants me to. Right. But it's a, it's a, it's a self-sufficient kind of pride, a self, mm-hmm. self-sufficiency. Um, and, uh, to come to the end of that, like so many testimonies and uh, before and to um to receive what God wants to give you know again those verses are so familiar that um the gift of God mm. in Jesus Christ eternal life's a gift it can't be earned um there's grace there and um but it's it needs to be received and accepted and that mm. self-sufficiency put aside and no, I'm not going to rely on myself. I'm not going to trust in myself, but I'm going to trust in the Lord and what he's really come to do. And, and a, a, not just he came to save me from my sins so that when I die, I go to heaven. That's mm. great. But no, now he came to live in my life now right. to change everything. Right. Me. Um, and, uh, and so, um, you know, if we, it, it's a grace to not have to lean on yourself anymore. Yeah. You know, it's, it's really interesting this morning. uh, Phoebe said, dad, I think there's a wormhole in my room. And I said, what do you mean? Do you you have bugs in like like a hole? And she said, no, like in space. Yeah. I dropped my earring and I saw where it landed and I knew exactly where it was. So I just took my other one out, put it on my dresser and, and I then turned went around different. and it was gone, you know, <laughs> and, and, and I said, you know, Phoebe, one thing that's really funny is Jesus is a wormhole mm. because in him, the other realm was constantly that's- coming out and it was taking sickness out. It was, it was warping, mm-hmm. you know, time and space. And he said to Mary, you know, and Martha, he said, you know, you've thought that the resurrection was a day in the future, right? but I, I am. And so it's like, it warps and, and folds and overlaps mm-hmm. this whole thing. And so 
something that may help is to realize that in Christ and everything that you have thought to trust him for in the sweet by and by, that when you die, that you'll go to heaven. You know, the gospel really is neat because Jesus has become a wormhole mm-hmm. that when in him, when you received him, your death was affected mm-hmm. in the other realm. Mm-hmm. And so you stepped into your death when you stepped into Christ. Mm-hmm. And now you're not waiting to go to heaven, that you're actually in him seated and already blessed. You're mm-hmm. on the other side of death, other side of judgment. And right now, the Holy Spirit is like a, a wormhole inside of you that your your insides have access to that other realm mm-hmm. in the sweet by and by, and that you can be filled with that, you can draw upon that, and that life in Christ is life outside of time and space. It's a Mm -hmm. spiritual life. It's in the presence of God. Mm -hmm. And we really have access to that now. And the more that we get our eyes off of ourselves and stop striving to try to make ourselves behave in certain ways, you know, people behave the way they do because of what they're filled with. Sure. Orphans live like orphans, you know, happily married couples that feel loved they live Without out of that, that love illness. and mm-hmm. children that were raised with loving parents. Mm-hmm. Have security. Yeah. The security that the parents sewed into them actually right. changes them. And so what if all of that insecurity and striving that was going on in your heart, what if, you know, you're not going to have that in heaven. Why mm-hmm. really trace that through. Mm-hmm. You're going to be so loved and so, and just enjoying that. Well, do you think God's mind is going to change about you in heaven? Like, huh, I'm glad you finally made it. You know, I was wondering <laughs> about you. He's not going to be shocked or surprised. That it's love that done. you're going to be enjoying has already been extended to you mm-hmm. through the cross, through Christ. And it can be operating in us by the Holy Spirit. How? Through faith in Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. Get your eyes off of you. Mm-hmm. And it's just so important. There's a hundred different ways that, and I think saying it never can make it clear enough. Mm. It's the Holy Spirit that, that has to shine his light on it. I totally agree. Yeah. Sometimes I, words are just words. Yeah. And I think partly, you know, we have to, if we're going the wrong direction, it will be evident in that sense of failure, defeat, self-consciousness, mm-hmm. and a bit of frustration. But we don't have to live there. We don't have to go down those experiences. The Holy Spirit's been given to us. The Word of God's been given to us to lead us into all truth. Not just that we would know it, but He would lead us into it. And mm-hmm. so my encouragement to you, brothers and sisters, that if you're listening to this and you feel like, I really need to discover life in Christ on an experiential basis. I hear the verses and I even agree with them. I can quote them, but I'm just living in this place of defeat and frustration and Mm -hmm. condemnation. You need to know that there is life in Christ. And so my encouragement is just begin to receive it as yours, the life of Christ as yours. His love is yours. His righteousness is yours. You're not an orphan. Amen.
Amen. Sons and daughters. Amen. Amen.